Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into milestones in today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's super califragilistic, expialidocious. What is this? I listen to a lot of podcasts, and most of them are generally pretty, pretty well, pretty, they keep up pretty well with the number episode they're on and, and you know, hitting certain milestones, you know, 100th episode, 500th episode, etc., 10th episode, 50th, depending on how frequently they release and uh, how, how significant that is to the t- type of podcast that they are. Uh, for example, um, if you release your ep- ep- one episode a week, then it's going to be almost two full years before you hit 100 episodes. That's a long period of time. That's a big milestone. If you release one episode a day, uh, you might be more inclined to wait until a milestone like 1,000. That's like just under three years. You know, you got to kind of put things into perspective based on how frequently you release your episodes and how long they are. You know, if it's 10 episodes that are all five hours long, like that's still a pretty significant milestone in my opinion and I don't necessarily do that now I do keep track of like this is review number 77 the statistics episode number 60 I I keep track of those sorts of things but I've never really took in I've never really uh, approached this as like a conglomerate of episodes necessarily I think that I don't know, I, I just, considering how frequently I put episodes, three a week at this point, that's, you know, I'm going to hit every, you know, month I get another 12 episodes or so, like, that's that's a really fast pace, uh, but when I'm tracking what the topics for each episode is, are going to be, so I have this notepad document on my computer where it's like, all right, Wednesday's episode that's to this episode, you know, what is it about? What am I going to talk about? Uh, and then right in front of that, I have the number episode. So the raw number. And today's episode happens to be number 200 of my podcast, which is incredible. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of insane to put that into perspective. Uh, and it's it's really, in, really, really awesome I think I I didn't do anything on my 100th episode I don't even know what my 100th episode was I don't think I really made any mention of it at all but 200 eh, that's you know it's been a year and a half or so since I started doing my podcast that's a long period of time 200 I, I don't have a particular thing I'm gonna do to celebrate that necessarily other than mention it and kind of reminisce a little bit before we jump into the fantasy movie league update and yeah i mean you know fingers crossed 200 more sounds awesome i would love that nothing would make me happier and it's 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 you know i i to to some some shows will do like their top 100 like the Cinerealists every 100 episodes they've reached they have added their next top 100 movies and and it as they've gone on now they've adjusted their previous lists 
to uh, accommodate new movies and, and changes that have happened, which is great. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I can do that because for one, I do feel like I talk about most of those movies offhand. I, I think I come across those in my statistics episodes. I think I, you know, you, I hear about those a lot. Um, when I'm talking about, uh, top 10 actor lists, you know, they generally happen to have a lot of my favorite movies in them. Who would have thought? And so you can also go on Letterboxd, like my top 300 are all on Letterboxd, uh, and then some, I, I don't know. I, it just doesn't feel like the right thing for me to do because it's also tough to talk about that many movies at once and like kind of go through them. And I, I just... It's a lot. It's a lot of th- a lot to do, a lot to think about, and maybe at some point um, down the line, I'll do something to that effect uh, when I get there. Uh, you know, if I get, if I make it to a thousand episodes, uh, if that, if we stay, if we stay at three episodes a week, uh, that's about 150 episodes a year. So, 300, 600. Uh, it's about four, five, six, six years from now, five and a half years from now, I bet in five and a half years, I have, I don't know, easily a top 1000 that are all like great. And in fact, like if I look at them now, my top movies, let me use this easier. Um, let's see. My top 1,000 movies are all rated an 82 or higher. 82 out of 100. Um, With currently number 1,000 being like Carlito's Way, Pocahontas, uh, The Full Monty, Shakespeare in Love, Boys in the Hood. um, Something in that range. I I don't know specifically because I'm using... I don't have the tiebreakers on this page, uh, but... That's, I mean, that's already great. Those like eighty and above is are great films, and that's like crazy. And, you know, I've seen five thousand seven hundred sixty-three or so films. Uh, so milestones in the future, I think, will be a lot more important to me than they are now. You know, it was just kind of the inverse of birthdays. I think. I think you know, you you have birthdays when you're a kid, and they're like the most important day of the year almost, but. Once you're over like 21, really, they kind of all just blend together. You know, I half the times it takes, you know, it, I'm 26 years old. It takes me like 30 seconds to like remember specifically how old I am. And I usually end up double checking by like, okay, I was born in 1991 and I haven't had my birthday yet, which means I'm 26 in 2018. Okay. You know, like, which is crazy because it's kind of an important number to know. And I still kind of don't fully just, I, I don't think of it, you know, it's not an important number to me anymore. Because I'm like, well, I'm old enough to do anything, really, uh, if I wanted to, other than like run for president. And it's not one of my ambitions. So, you know, it's it's neither here nor there. Uh, so for the podcast, 200 episodes, I... I don't, again, like, I don't have, like, a set thing I want to talk about. I'm just kind of going off the cuff here. Um, But I guess, 
you know, looking at, you know, we've got the Oscars coming up over the weekend. That's really exciting. Uh, um, you know, Monday's episode is going, hopefully going to be the my reaction to the Oscars and how that all went down. Can't imagine they'll be more exciting than last year. It seems like they're going to be pretty dull, actually, all things considered. But uh, fingers crossed that something interesting and fun happens. Hopefully Kimmel is a good host again. Uh, Friday's episode is going to be a review of Annihilation. Uh, which I was quite pleased with, so I'm excited to talk about that and kind of ruminate on that. Will definitely be a spoiler episode. And then today, you know, when I get through whatever this kind of thing is, uh, we have the F- Fantasy Movie League um, Awards season 2018 uh, finale was last weekend. So we are moving into a new season this weekend. So if you don't play, if you've heard me talk about it and not really sure what it is, um, we are starting a new season. It is a perfectly clean slate. Uh, there are a ton of, a ton of helpful people on the site who will be happy to explain what the game is about. Um, I also have a previous episode that I did like, uh, like 50 episodes ago or so that kind of broke down what Fantasy Movie League was. Uh, I think that was prior to the awards season starting, or it might have been the fall season starting. I don't remember precisely. Uh, but that, you can listen to that, that might help as well, uh, so that's exciting, you know, everybody, you know, everybody kind of did, I did well this season, I didn't win again, but I'm looking forward to a new season with new challenges and uh, hopefully a better outcome, that will be fun, and I'm excited, I like Fantasy Movie League, it's a, it's something I spent way too much time doing, and yeah, uh, outside of that, uh, looking beyond the Oscars, you know, once the Oscars air, you know, we kind of finally, it feels like we finally officially move into like the 2018 year in movies. You know, we've already had Black Panther, Peter Rabbit, Early Man, The Commuter, Annihilation, Game Night. We've already had a ton of movies come out this year, good and bad, but you don't ever find yourself in that mindset until you can officially put 2017 behind you and you can't really do that until the Oscars happen whether or not you think that they're justifiably accurate in what they're presenting uh, whether or not you you agree with their decisions whether or not you think it's kind of just like a a, a jerk-off party for for those sorts of people uh, you know it, it's it's still prestigious it is still going to impact movie making going forward you know when you see a film like moonlight win best picture like that's a very significant thing to happen uh you know it it ushers in a whole new direction for making movies and what is what will have wide appeal and it is going to bring a whole different slew of movies to the forefront that it otherwise wouldn't have you know if la la land had won best picture last year we would be on a completely different path right now. And, you know, I, I'm very glad that Moonlight won. I think it's better than La La Land. I don't think it was the best movie nominated, but I'm not upset. And, you know, hopefully we get something good this year, something that will lead us in a new direction that will be helpful, uh, something that will open up new possibilities, new opportunities, for for filmmakers and writers and actors and directors and tech crew everybody uh, that would be that that's kind of what i hope 
happens at the award shows. I, I want to see diversity and I want to see representation and um, sort of forging ahead in a new direction. That is that is the goal, I think. And uh, so hopefully we hopefully get that. Um, I also, uh, you know, I, I kind of, so I look back on these 200 episodes, 200, and I think, I think the app that I use for podcasts tells me that I put an average of, I have my episodes average to be like 42 minutes uh, altogether. So roughly um, 42 minutes times 200 is 8,400 minutes, give or take. Uh, that's 140 hours or 5.8333 repeating days uh, of flat content, just start to finish, which is a lot of content. Um, man, uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know if that 42 minutes is, is 100% accurate at the moment. Uh, I believe I know I saw that a while back. I don't know how long ago it was. That's a lot of time. Uh, you know, that's, you know, by the same pat like uh what is it 8400 minutes is a lot of movies um that's like 84 movies that i could have been watching as opposed to recording and working on this podcast and that seems like a lot uh it's kind of a drop in the bucket based on how many i watch right now and there are times where i kind of think of that and i'm like man i kind of wish i'd seen more movies uh you know how much is this podcast really uh, benefiting me and you know it's it's a tough question to answer um because you know it's not a job it's a it's a hobby it's a passion to some degree and when you kind of look at it i i think for me it's an extension of the spreadsheet and that may not always seem apparent but it is you know everything that I talk about everything that my episodes are about, whether they're statistics or review or other episodes, they're all tied into the spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet is tied into the website. And, and you know, it's this kind of harmonious um, flow chart of, of things. You know, when I, you know, for example, like working on the Circle of Film Awards, which I, I love doing, I think that's fantastic. I love being able to like just rewind and go backwards in time to try to discover, like, well, what was my favorite lead performance from 2011? Uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, that's what I'm, those, that's the year I'm currently working on. That's the one that's in progress and has been for quite some time. Uh, you know, I don't know, is it, you know, I don't know, you know, how is, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 50-50 better or, or, or worse than uh, Tommy Lee Jones in The Sunset Limited or, um, looking down the list here, Michael Fassbender and Shame. Um, I don't know. Like I have all these actors and, and people that I'm comparing against each other. Or you've got uh, Michael Shannon and Take Shelter. Uh, but then you move on to screenplay, and you've got Attack the Block and Tomboy, A Separation. Uh, other movies that aren't mentioned. Carnage, Your Sister's Sister, Bernie. I don't know. I, it's it's fun to go back and explore these old years, and ideally, I'll be able to go back as far as I possibly can. And for now, it's very easy for me. You know, I've seen so many recent movies that I have a wealth of of data to kind of mine for that information. But 
once I get back to like pre two thousand, it's going to take me some time to go from one you know from to 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 accurately feel like I've represented a, the next each year as I go forward. I haven't seen as many nineteen ninety nine movies, ninety eight movies, ninety seven movies, and that's. Uh, you know that's going to take time and maybe by the time I get to that point I'll have seen a lot more I'm sure I will but there's a much bigger gap there and so it's fun to kind of look at the trends in that respect now I don't currently have and I've, I've only gone from so we only have 2015, 16 and 17's finalized awards and no one has won twice Half a dozen people have been nominated multiple times for different things. Um, why is this? Yeah. Uh, actually, less than half a dozen people. No, not not true. More than half a dozen people. But if I'm going back, like, I have the data of, I know what's supposed to win going back to 2012 at this point in time. But, like, Alexandra Desplat, three nominations at this present moment. Um or Fassbender, three nominations, one lead, two supporting. DiCaprio, three nominations. Inuritu, three nominations. Gerwig, Greta Gerwig, leads everybody. Going back to 2012, uh, she's currently looking at six nominations. Only four of those are official. Uh, so there are two that have, that are currently in, in jeopardy and flux from older years. But that's, like, that's insane. She's double the next highest person. Uh, but doesn't mean you know doesn't mean she'll be the first person to win twice. Uh, just happened to have worked on some pretty good films that I've absolutely loved, and they've been spaced out enough so that they can take place over different years, and she's never really in contention with herself. And so I, I really enjoy having to ha being able to incorporate the Circle of Film Awards and put those on the website and make those visible for whoever wants to look at them. I think that's a lot of fun. I think that helps me better assess what I'm watching and, and what I thought about it. And, and, you know, by going back over all these movies and thinking about them in different ways and in different contexts and against other movies that may or may not have come up at the same time, I, I'm, I'm able to just better understand like what I'm doing here, what this all means to me. And, more to that, I, I have so many different avenues for reasons to watch movies. Uh, if you listen to my episode uh, with with uh, James on the Cinderella's, we did our top ten last ten. Uh, you know, I mentioned that I was watching a lot of older movies because they happen to have these like extras in them that are very highly rated on my spreadsheet, and that's still true. Um, you know, looking at it. Right this second, uh, I can tell you that, let me see here, Colin Kenny. I don't know who Colin Kenny is. I couldn't tell you any of the roles he's ever played, but I've seen him in 25 movies, and he's currently ranked 21st on my spreadsheet. Uh, or William H. O'Brien, same thing, 14 films, he's ranked 33rd. Burt Stevens, 18 films, ranked 37th. Uh, Ward Bond, uh, Frank McClure. Gino Carrado, H.B. Warner, James Milliken, Irving Bacon, they're all, Burt Morehouse, uh, I just, I don't know any of these people, and they're all in my top, like, 70 
on my spreadsheet, which is insane. Uh, and so, you know, for a while I was trying to watch more of their movies, hopefully bring them down to a more reasonable score, but hasn't exactly happened. Some of them it has, some of it hasn't. Uh, similarly, I watch movies because they're new, because I need to make, you know, because I have movie pass, so I go to the movies all the time. You know, today I'm going to go see Monster Hunt 2. I saw the first Monster Hunt at the movie theater, uh, so why not go see the second one? Uh, it's a 2018 film, so it'll help boost that number. I've been watching Oscar-winning short films uh, a lot to kind of pad the numbers, so to speak. You know, you can watch four short films in the span of one feature film, depending on how long they are, and Today, I watched a handful of short films, including uh, A Close Shave, which is an Ardman short, um, the Wallace and Gromit guys, which I'd actually seen before, but it wasn't on my spreadsheet, and I didn't remember it well enough uh, to, to approximate a score, so I, I did watch it a second time, I suppose. Um, I watched The Appointments of Dennis Jennings, which features Rowan Atkinson, so, you know, value there, uh, which won Best Short Film. And I watched The Shore, uh, which starred Kieran Hines and uh, Kerry Condon. So, also won Best Short Film the year it came out. So, you know, those were the first three films I watched today. I've also since watched uh, a movie called Metroland, which stars Emily... Um, oh, what's her name? Emily... Emily... There's so many Emilys. It's not Mortimer. It's not Blunt. Emily... Watson, Emily Watson and Christian Bale. So, you know, four films in today. Uh, you know, I downloaded a movie to my phone, so I'm going to watch that on, on the bus to the movie theater and on the way back. I'll probably be two-thirds of the way through it, all told. Uh, so, you know, watching Oscar-winning movies, watching recent movies, um, and I've also been watching a lot of, uh, <laughs> as Peron pointed out after I watched uh, Brighton Rock, you know, I'd apparently been watching a lot of British films uh, in the last week or so. And, I mean, I, I recognized that as I was watching them, but I didn't really make po make a point about it. But uh, at the time, I had downloaded, you know, four or five films from everybody in my top ten actors. And included in that list are Helena Bonham Carter, Donald Gleeson, Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, Rafe Fiennes, Alan Rickman, Andy Serkis, Tilda Swinton, Emma Thompson, Imelda Staunton, Julie Walters, a ton of British people uh, are, are in my top 50 or so. Uh, they've it's There have been a lot of changes lately. And it just so happened that the ones I was watching were all the British ones first. Which is fine. I, I don't have no problem with that. It just, they were mostly fine to bad too awful and left very little impact on me personally other than what they left on the spreadsheet and so I've been watching a lot of highly a lot of films from my highly rated people so Christian Bale's currently ranks 10th at the moment uh, so I'm so I watched Metroland which he's in uh, the movie I downloaded to watch on the bus is triple nine which stars uh, a couple of people actually let me see. It stars, well, it stars Casey Affleck in it, uh, who has recently dropped down to 35th. He was in the top 10. He was actually 6th for a while. Um, but it also has Woody Harrelson, who's currently ranked 17th. Uh, Kate Winslet, I think, is fairly high. Well, she's in 994th. Um, it has Gal Gadot, uh, 
which is one of the few films of hers I haven't seen. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor, who is ranked 384. Aaron Paul, Norman Reedus, Anthony Mackie, Teresa Palmer, Clifton Collins Jr., Michael Kenneth Williams. Uh, a big cast of mo- people in this movie, and I'm going to watch it. And it's doesn't look very good. It's got a 2.8 on Letterboxd, so I'm not like super excited about it or anything, but I am excited because it's going to impact the spreadsheet. And ideally, a person should be ranked in the spot that they would be in if I'd seen all of their films. And there's really nobody I've seen all their films for except for Heath Ledger because he died so young and so there aren't a lot of films. Uh, There are a couple other people actually that I've seen almost all the films for. Um, I think John Cazale is another one. Um, And uh, and um, what's his name? Uh, Oh, it's going to kill me. Hold on. I'll find it. It's, uh, nope, 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 it's a lot further down. James Dean. I've seen the, th- the three big James Dean films. I think he's actually got more credits than that, but I've seen three of them so far. So, you know, everyone else is, you know, highly susceptible to huge changes going forward in their position on the spreadsheet, and that is important to me. I, I find that fascinating. I, I love watching as someone like Andy Serkis climbed all the way up to number two on the backs of War of Planet of the Apes and Black Panther and then tumbled, tumbled pretty significantly out of down to 16th with a couple more films that weren't so good. But I'm looking, but you know, that doesn't mean I don't look forward to the films that he's in. It just any less, uh, you know, I really like Andy Serkis, and I really hope that Mowgli is going to be really good. I'm really excited for Mowgli, but it does indicate that based on the films he's been in, second isn't probably the place he's supposed to be at, from what I can tell. Uh, so it's 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 fun. It's a lot of I don't know. I think it's fun. It's cool. It's it's interesting to see the changes and the fluctuations, and sort of, it's like a wave, you know, that you go up, and you go down, and we, we've, a couple of people have kind of stagnated, you know, the top, uh, with the exception of that brief period of time where Andy Serkis was second, uh, the top two have been Sherry Lynn and Best Flowers for a very, very, very long time. Uh, Sherry Lynn, who is a still-living voice actor, uh, that that has worked on a lot of Disney and Pixar mil- movies, and Best Flowers is a na- is a deceased um, extra who has been in over seven hundred films <laughs> in her lifetime. So I'm constantly constantly adding films to her list. I think this year, since January, I've seen over like fourteen films that she's been in. So her counts up to fifty four now, which is the third highest uh, film uh, person I've seen films for behind Frank Welker, another voice actor, very prolific. I've seen 95 films from him. And Samuel L. Jackson, 74 films. But he's been in everything that's come out in the last 20 years. So that's not as much of a surprise. And in the meantime, you know, I'm still working on various data that I'm inputting into the spreadsheet. I I don't have accurate director and writer data as of yet. Uh, I'm still, as the time passes, you know, I'm adding more and more country of origin data to actors, directors, and writers, 
um, to give you an idea of what that looks like on a spread on the spreadsheet um, as far as actors go I currently have let's see if there are 4450 actors on my spreadsheet 2400 of them have data on where they're born and 1500 of them were born in the United States to some in some one of our states and 58 of my top 100 actors are American so that's actually lower than I expected it to be uh, 26 of them are from the UK uh, three of them are Canadian uh, six of them are from Ireland two from Australia one Jap one from Japan one from Italy one from Puerto Rico one from Belgium one from Romania in my top 100 uh, I can also say that Oscar winners this is kind of where I think it's most interesting so uh, it's it's translated into a number and the number is uh, equivalent to every Oscar win is worth one point and every Oscar nomination is worth half a point uh, so Americans have 461 points in an Oscar territory United Kingdom is 135 Australia 17 and a half Canada 12 Sweden 9 Ireland 7 Italy 6 France 6 Puerto Rico 5 Australia 6 Germany 6 but that's only for actors uh, so I did the same thing with directors, did the same thing with writers, and then I used, uh, and then there's another chart which has like the sum total. So, uh, and then there's also like an average score. So it takes the average of, so for actors, for example, uh, if you look at the actors page, there's only two people above a score of 100, and that's Sherry Lynn and Best Flowers. Sorry, there's one person above 100, and that's only Sherry Lynn. Best Flowers has dropped since then. She has a score of 103.77. So that is the highest score among any profession on my spreadsheet. So if Sherry Lynn were the only person born in a particular place, the average score for that place would be 103. Uh, she's not. She's born in Washington State. And uh, that is a good one to be born in if you want a high average but uh, the average rating of someone born in Washington is 39.92 which is actually fairly low compared to most of the other locations um, but you can also say if you're looking at the top 100 actors directors and writers 54 of them across all three professions so out of the top 300 total, 54 of them are from the UK, um, 10 from Canada, 9 from Japan, 7 from Ireland. And these could be the same person twice. So you could end up with something like uh, Richard Linklater, who is a top 100 director and writer. Uh, you could end up with, uh, you know, something else along those lines. Writer and director, you know, coincide quite often. Uh, less so with actors, but every once in a while. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where this is heading. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this kind of data. I think it's interesting and it's something that I'm able to slowly incorporate over time. And, and once I finally flesh out the actor director pages, uh, I'll be able to devote more time to just finding where people are born. Uh, so it'll, it's a process, but it's all a process. Like I'm constantly adding new things and then 
I'm sure this is the sort of thing where if you saw the movie Winchester, like I don't think I'll ever be finished working on the spreadsheet. I don't think that's possible. Um, you know, even though my goal at the end of this year is to have finished doing all the writer and director data, uh, fingers crossed I get that done. At the moment, I have 708 films that need director data input and 1,229 films for writer's data. But even if I do finish that this year, even if I finish all the countries of origin next year, uh, you know, when that's all finished, when everything I'm that's incomplete is done, you know, I want to include composers. I want to include cinematographers. I want to keep going. I want to keep adding more and more things to this spreadsheet because, you know, I want to say like, well, who is my favorite composer? Who's composed the most the scores for the most films that I, I love, or who's shot, who's done the cinematography for the most, who's done the costumes, you know, I don't know how, how far out I'll be able to go, because at this point, you look at it, if I just started incorporating composers now, I have to go through almost 6,000 films to find the names of those composers and to add that data, that's going to take me forever, you know, this isn't like when I started, when it was, you know, maybe a week's worth of time to go through a thousand movies and input all the actor data from all of them that that felt like a slog back then and now it's even 10 times more difficult so well not difficult but more time consuming probably hundreds and thousands of times more time consuming and i don't you know at some point i'm gonna have to f make money i can't just not work forever so I'm going to lose a lot of the free time I have now at some eventually. So, you know, this is a short-lived fantasy in some sense. You know, I, I don't know if or when that time will come. At the moment, it's tracking to be sometime this summer, like and in the early August and of July. But, you know, it could be sooner, could be later. I don't know. But it's a lot of it's a lot of work, and obviously, you know, with all the time I put into this thing, I have more than enough will and drive to accomplish these things. But and I definitely have the time. You know, I'm 26. Even if I did have like a 40-hour-a-week job, I could eventually do all this stuff. You know, by the time I'm 40, 50, 60, uh, at some point. But it's it's still incredibly daunting because you know i'm i'm along the way you know there's family and and life gets in the way and and who knows what's going to happen to me in 5 years 10 years uh, let alone 20 or 30 so it's something i'm working on it's something i'm constantly adjusting and improving and 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 having done 200 episodes of this podcast, you know, it's a chronicling of the spreadsheet. You know, you can see when you start at the beginning, like I had a completely different formula for how I calculated my best actor, director, and writers. I had a completely different system uh, for, for episodes that I even did. I was, you know, I back in the beginning of the podcast, I was f much more frequently doing scavenger hunts. Uh, but now I've kind of stepped away from that for a while. I'm sure at some point I'll want to go back to that uh, but I just don't know when that'll be uh, I don't want to completely abandon that it might just be a much more uh, sporadic thing I would love to do at least one more scavenger hunt uh, before I 
like have to go back to work since I'll lose a lot of time once that happens. And scavenger hunts, they don't take up a lot of time. You know, it's just different movies that I'm kind of forcing myself to watch, but it's something that I have to constantly be aware of a lot more than I am now. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to do that before I lose the time. Um, I don't know. This is, I don't know what the kind of episode this is. It's, it's a, it's a strange one. It's a weird one. Hopefully it's not too weird and too awful, but, uh, given what time it is, I do have to leave to get the bus in the near future. So I'm going to now move over to the fantasy movie league update. Thank you. Sink into our seats right as they dimmed out all the lights A technicolor world made out of music and machine I mean, how hard can that be? Week 13 is in the books and, as wi and with it the entire awards 2018 season It was a long one, it was a tough one and no one really came out unscathed. Uh, we have gone, let me see, fall, summer. The last two seasons, summer 17, fall 17, both had someone in our league at least hit a 90% of what a perfect season would have looked like. Uh, we've both se seasons had someone hit five or more perfect cineplexes during the season. Uh, you know, they both had... I don't know, there were a lot more perfect cineplexes in the past two seasons than we had in this season. And this one just kind of, I don't know, the last five weeks, it didn't feel like they were particularly hard, but it did feel like they were particularly rough. I don't know how else to, I don't know how to better say it. You know, looking at week 13 in particular, the Iron Drew won week 13 with a score of $85,831,709. And our lowest score of the week was uh, Derek, Dr. DR3K11, who had 68,343, 68,343,356. And that's a difference of about $16, $17 million, uh, which is not substantial like you look at week 12 the difference between like first and like the lower lowest scoring person who like actually set a lineup was 107 million dollars week 11 uh the difference was you know about 30 27 million dollars uh, week 10 was kind of a down week but week 9 was even a big difference of somewhere between 30 and 35 million dollars you know it's it's a huge gap and week 13 just didn't have that uh you know which is great for the pricing team you know ideally you think about it you know i, I always go to the analogy of football and you don't have to really know much about football to understand the analogy but the best case scenario for the nfl is if every team finishes a season with a 500 record you know, because that would indicate that all the teams are equal, that all the teams are just as good. Anybody could win the Super Bowl that year. Uh, you know, you don't like the Super. The NFL cultivates its its format in a way to uh, to get the most um, 
in a way that like it doesn't want long-lasting legacies you know it doesn't want a team to have 30 nfl championship wins super bowl wins and so to translate that into fantasy movie league if fantasy movie league does their job perfectly every single movie comes out at the exact same value and therefore every single possible lineup is the exact same value and I think week 13 showed that they did that pretty well. Uh, not necessarily across the board on every movie, but like comparing the anchors to the the filler turned out to be a very well, very strong ratio uh, as far as like small ratio. So that being said, uh, there was not a lot of movement and we ended up with... Um, Oh, that number looks wrong. That number is wrong. What did I do? I copied the wrong number for somebody's final week. And it won't have a big mat impact, but it's worth noting that I messed it up. And that's what I thought I did. I had Shaubin as getting the same score as me, when in fact he has the same score as Keel Music which is about a difference of $40,000, so very, very minimal. Um, that being said, uh, Rybone is our winner. Second season that they've won, uh, tying Kill Music uh, with two win, two season wins. Uh, Rybone won Summer 17 and Awards 18, so couldn't quite get back-to-back -back wins, but uh, came as close as anyone else, anyone else, else has. Uh, with a score of $1.4 billion, a new single-season record in the fantasy in the Cinerealist Fantasy Movie League, and had a percentage of 88% of a perfect season, uh, which is actually lower than their you know, league average, which is almost 89%, uh, which is crazy because I think it was around week, I think about week eight, People still had like 93% of a perfect season, uh, and yet it, it just it all collapsed. We none of us hit a perfect perfect cineplex in the last five weeks of the season. Uh, an incredibly long drought that will hopefully somebody will hopefully um, fix uh, in week one of the spring 18 season. We had two people tie to win best, the most best performers this this season. Uh, Plexi and Director's Cut each had 34. And they were, either of them really could have reached the record of 38, but it just never worked out that way. Uh, Black Panther Sunday, two weeks in a row, was kind of a spoiler. Or no, it was Monday in week 12, Sunday in week 13. Uh, nobody got more than three perfect cineplexes. Uh, and those three people were Director's Cut, Shawbin, and Rybone. And nobody won more than three weeks, and that was Rybone, our league champion. Uh, but, on the other hand, we had six people finish in the top 500 this season, with two people in the top 100. Rybone ended the season in 37th place in the season showdown. Uh, Rahman, Rahman ended at 77th. Um, Shawbin and Kill Music both fit into the 100-200 range, uh, Plexi at 361, and Director's Cut just behind him at 427. So, other records that have fallen this season. 
are the highest overall finish. Rybone, 37th, is the new number to beat. Uh, and uh, this season, uh, the lowest score in a winning week goes to YoJRB for uh, week 10 this this season, who who won that week with a score of $48,256,768. That is about it's like a hundred one million less than uh, the previous record in that sense. Highest single week total: Kill Music, Ramon, Rybone, and Shawbin all nabbed that in week four this season with a score of two hundred fifteen million six hundred sixty-seven thousand nine hundred thirty-six dollars, um, which they all were had perfect cineplexes for. A lot of records did stand though. Uh, nobody won five weeks in the season. Uh, Plexi and Kill Music still hold those records. Um, Q Music has a record that can never be beaten, only tied, and that's the smallest number of weeks won in a season that you win, and that's zero. Shawbin holds on to the record of most weeks leading in a season, that's 13, as well as the most weeks leading in a row, and that's 13, uh, and has the most weeks in the lead total, and that's 21. Um, but Rybone did come close to that number. He is tied with Kill Music at 17, so just four weeks behind in that sense. Uh, most PCs in a season still Rybone with seven at summer 2017 season. Uh, most PCs and perfect cineplexes in a row is at three. Uh, we did have a couple of people at two. Um, Director's Cut had two in a row, weeks two and three. Rybone and Shawbin both had two in a row, weeks three and four. But nobody could get to three. It's a tough, tough number. And uh, the smallest number of perfect cineplexes in a winning season is still one for Shawbin. I don't know if that will ever be broken, but that is, uh, that is a significantly strange record. Uh, most BPs in a season, as I mentioned before, is 38 Rybone. Most smallest number of BPs in a season that you win is Shawbin with 20. Uh, Kill Music nearly broke that in spring, or in the fall, but did end up surpassing it. Uh, getting up to 27 best performers that season. Um, highest finish in our league uh, with a uh, with a week of zero is Director's Cut at four, at fourth overall, and that was last season. Uh, this season, the best performance there was Starship Nine, who ended up in 20th place with five weeks missing. Uh, that's pretty substantial. Uh, badass Cineplex actually missed um, eight weeks and finished in 21st. So that is also pretty pretty insane. Hopefully, uh, Badass, who picked up towards the end of the season, will hopefully be able to uh, continue to do really well in moving on into the spring season. And closest to a perfect season is Rybone in the summer of 2017 with a 91.97%. That is a high mark to beat. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, we all came less th more than 3% away from that this season, uh, so not the best showing, almost 4% away for everybody. And the highest season total, 1.4 billion to Rybone, that is the new mark to beat. We will see if that can be overcome in spring, although if we look at last spring's totals, um, they weren't so great. <laughs> uh, it was one of the worst seasons for us as a league. And maybe we've been rejuvenated. Maybe we will do a lot better this season. Uh, we'll see. It's, there's a lot to get into in that sense. Um, yeah. 
So, uh, all that being said, um, I'm looking forward to spring. I'm excited. Uh, I did see on the message boards, Kill Music is supposedly taking a step back from the spring 2018 season. Uh, we'll see. Um, that's a pretty big, big change. You know, Kill Music has never finished outside of the top four in these six seasons uh, that he's played. And that opens up a lot of space for someone else to to really take advantage of. Um, I would love to, for him to come back uh, when, when time is right. But for now, I will just uh, be happy that I have one less competitor to go up against, as we all should feel. Both of those things. We should all feel both of those things. Like, wait, excited for him to come back, but also happy that he's not here, etc., etc., etc. But now, with with Kill Music kind of out of the way, it looks like Rybone is the man to beat in Spring 18. And uh, he carries in a streak of three, six, seven weeks at the top in a row into the Spring 18 season. Uh, We'll see if he's able to start off on the right foot or if someone else will. Uh, finally usurp him at the start of the spring 18 season. Good luck to everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and that's been the, that's it. That's it for 2018 awards season at the Fantasy Movie League. If you don't play, uh, you're probably not still listening to this. But if you do, but if you are and you happen to be, uh, check it out. Uh, it is more about math than it is about movies at, in some sense. But it's fun. I, I enjoy it, and you don't really have to be a st- statistician to play. Um, it helps, but you can you can do fine without it. Uh, good luck to everybody, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to get in touch with me for anything at all, uh, email me, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or I'm on Twitter, at circleoffilm. If you would like to check out the website, circleoffilm.com, tons of stuff over there. Check it all out. Or if you'd like to support the show and what I do, you can do that at patreon.com slash circle of film. Thank you once again, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fails.